issues. I've read a couple of things from him. And, like, this does not sound like something that he normally writes, especially being a black man who, like, writes other black characters. I think about it when he wrote Power Girl, when he, like, uh, when he wrote Wally West in that Deathstroke book when they were a part of his little Dark Titans team. Like, they weren't south about the Wu-Tang Clan and doing all of that stuff. So it feels, it sounds like it's intentional with him. After every time he spoke, he would be like, shit. <laughs> like what? Uh, <laughs> like at one point Adam says something to him and it's like um everybody welcome back to another episode of another relaunch this week i am robert bobby drake mr iceman oh and i will be his best friend north star <laughs> oh good judy <laughs> both queens <laughs> love them how are you um i'm doing excellent i went back to work this week which was fine it was also a short week okay. that we had off for like Juneteenth and then it's summer Fridays and oh, it's just, nice. it just kind of breezed through. So that was like really great, but um, I'm feeling good. I feel refreshed. You, do you remember how last week I told you it's been raining every Tuesday? Mm-hmm. It didn't it rain this Tuesday. <laughs> it oh, that means we outside. <laughs> but, it, I know, right? but no, it did rain on Wednesday and Thursday. Now. Oh, damn. I know. It's just I like, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I know your area was so rainy. It's usually not, but you know, global warming is doing its thing. It's, we're, we're in the end times right now, so. <laughs> what is the world? Take what you gotta do. How are you doing? I'm great. I um, have been having fun out here in LA. Um, been doing a lot of stuff for Pride, you know, kicking it with friends, mm-hmm. um, dancing, <laughs> doing all that it's good stuff. I don't know if you've ever realized that, <laughs> but you know, think... now at 31, I do. <laughs> I, I do realize it's a lot. I had some friends talking about going out this weekend, and I was like, weren't we just out? They're like, well, oh, there's this Pride thing going on. I was like, it's been Pride for a very long time. I think we might need to stop. <laughs> Woo 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 woo. Send out my, you know, my rainbow love. But I'm gonna flag out. (laughs) Wave it and maybe take a little break. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, but yeah, I've been great. I'm just kicking it, really. I love that. Summertime, relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really trying to like travel too much this summer either. Mm -hmm. Um, Flights are very expensive. Or, or really have too many guests either. Because, like, I really just <laughs> want to, like, kick it for the summer. I I just moved out here a few years ago. So, like, <clears throat> but, like, what, over the last two years, you know, we couldn't do anything. Pandemic. So, I really want to, like, explore L.A. again and, like, you know, just get you out. Know, 
I was talking to someone about that, and we were saying how this summer feels like everyone really just feels like, yes, I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be doing things. And like you said, it has been two years of a pandemic, so this feels like the first time where we actually feel available and able to actually do a lot of things. This one girl was telling me, she's like, oh, you know, I've been going in places without my mask. And even I was like, I still throw mine on every now and again, don't get me wrong. But it's just like, it doesn't feel as dire, which is like... yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but regardless, I'm going to enjoy it. I just got some rollerblades, too, so I'm going to be rollerblading down <laughs> at the beach. Yes, I got some short yeah. shorts and a tank top. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had on my short shorts at the festival. It was an experience. Yes, how was the festival? It was hot. So... Okay. <laughs> But did other you beat your feet? Nice. I did not beat my feet, and a lot of people there did not beat their feet either. So, oh man, let's not go there. But um, no, the festival itself was like really nice. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That Friday was like super hot in DC. It was like ninety-seven degrees, um, and it was very late. But Saturday and Sunday, the weather broke. It was nice. It was like a nice 80. There was breeze. Uh, everything was on time. I saw a lot of performances that I wanted to see. Chloe and Halle were really good. Bia was really good. Usher was amazing. Um, I saw, hey. found an artist or two that I like went home and downloaded some of their albums. So I had a good time. I took some cute pics. I haven't posted many of them. Um, I love music festivals. and like I love discovering the new artists at those, too. That was always I fun. I would say I'll never go to another music festival again, though. Unless I have, like, oh. VIP <laughs> like, sit booths. <laughs> because, like, no, I'm just... I, I was in pain. My feet were hurting every day. My hips were unaligned. And then being there, you know, I just kind of realized that, like, oh, you're going to get, like, uh, people of all ages so you got a lot of the younger kids in there and they're like moshing and like throwing elbows so you got to push a couple of oh, them no. and argue with yeah it was like oh this isn't the experience I came for but oh no absolutely not once they tired out it was like okay now we're good hmm. no thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's too much I feel like when I haven't been back to like Coachella in a while um, it's been like a couple years. I went. I think the last one I was at was a Beyonce, but like that was pre thirty. <laughs> so I don't know if I have like the capacity for it right now. So I understand what you mean. Yeah, they're I, still fun though. I love it. It was very fun. It was like like the, again the experience was like great. Like seeing the artists that I wanted to see and like having that time and like even I, I like every day I like kind of figured out how to maneuver it better so I would be closer to the stage and I could get better views. Um good time but i've had the experience and i know just now like it's not something i will unless there's like every single day every single hour there's a bunch of people i want to see i'm i'll find i'm fine i can stream it at home like everybody else did (laughs) (laughs) shout out to the streaming era All right, let's go ahead and get into these updates of the week. Okay, up first, we were going to talk about the September solicits of Marvel Comics that came out recently, Marvel and DC. And honestly, there wasn't too many, like, big changes. However, I want to talk about something that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. It seems as though, like, on the Marvel side, that Judgment Day would be running through September. And then um, there seems to feel like a like an ending of sorts 
happening around that time for a lot of things. Avengers is at its 60th issue. Um, the Fantastic Four series, uh, Dan Slott is no longer on it. I think in September is when we get issue 47 with uh, starring Sue. <clears throat> and it's the, I, I would imagine there would be a, a relaunch after that, or at least it's ending. Does it feel like a new initiative is coming soon? I also noticed that Knights of X wasn't in the September solicits. So that's coming to an end. Um, does it does it start to feel as though there might be some kind of like, you know, Marvel now phase two? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like Marvel is kind of always in the space of like the next initiative is coming around the mm. corner. Um, so I can see that happening. I do kind of agree with your sense of finality about a lot of series and things coming to an end. And it feels like we're in a space now where I don't necessarily know what's coming next. Um, obviously, Judgment Day is going to bring about like some big changes for stuff for the Eternals, I'm sure, for the X-Men, I'm sure. Fantastic Four is ending, so we'll see. I expect something new maybe January. Mm-hmm. A new wave, like a new initiative of like, this is what Marvel is going to be now going forward. We might learn something at Comic-Con, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised mm. if some news starts to come out, at least what they might do at the winter time. That's now that I think about it, they might come out with more stuff during New York Comic-Con, I think, which is in October. That could also be like the reason why we don't have anything for the Guardians and stuff right now, because like we're waiting to get all of that in the new world. Okay, up next is some news that I was super excited about. Um, the development of a new series on Disney Plus for Wonder Man, which mm. will be coming from uh, Dustin Keaton and Andrew Guest. And, I mean, wow. <laughs> I won. <laughs> you did. Um, I feel as though... I know there aren't many Wonder Man fans out there, but I am one of those. <laughs> and I've been a Wonder Man fan probably like since I was a kid. He's a huge fan of Simon Williams. I think his design is cool. I think his powers are cool. And I really enjoy his story. Um, one of the things that I enjoyed the most about Wonder Man was not only is he super powerful, but after he died and came back to life, um, he had the story of kind of fearing death after that. A lot of people at that time who were dying and coming back, they never really talked about how that affected them. They just kind of were like, oh, I'm immortal or like I'm super powerful. Um, and people may have been afraid of what they had become, but we never got too much introspection on like what, how that affected the actual person who went through the death. And for a while, Wonder Man was like afraid of dying because mm -hmm. <laughs> he, even though he was the most powerful on the team, he was like afraid of of dying because he had died before and then he like kind of overcame that which i thought was really cool he had a villain era you know i love those kind of characters so i'm super excited for the wonder man show now does that mean the monkey's paw is working and i'm probably gonna lose somewhere else probably yes but i want it in it oh no i don't <laughs> want wanda but i don't want beast <laughs> anywhere oh, in this but that's like Wanda's, oh, Wanda's gone so like that's all people want from Simon she'll come back oh my god he'll bring her back <gasps> how I don't know he'll do it somewhere or, or he'll like find her like she'll be like she lost her memory and she'll wash up on his shore or something like that his beach house because he's supposed to be like an actor well, 
that was actually going to be the next kind of tidbit of info, which is that is actually the rumor for the House of Harkness, a TV show, is mm. that that is going to have a like children's crusade kind of storyline where um, someone will be looking for Wanda. Wendy. They're currently they're uh, currently casting for a uh, character who will be 17 to 20 years old. He is listed as gay, and um, they like listed his personality and how he needs to be kind of a smart all like know it all and um, like fierce. So that sounds like that boy. <laughs> so um, you know his name. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like Wiccan so I would not be surprised if that is true that the House of Harkness will have like I kind of want the boy who played Wiccan on the show to stay Wiccan I just want them to let him grow up I think he's like 13 now I think he's like <laughs> like 10 <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't think he's that old we can age him up. That's what technology's for. But people, I think, want Wiccan to be out there with the rest of the young Avengers, mm. right? Like, I mean, are they coming soon? I know that's the rumor, but it's like, uh, I mean, it look like it. All of them are there. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a team. Talk about branding. The young Avengers really did that. Like the way that they yeah. become kind of like a little staple in comics. Although it's it was death and a curse for them now because everybody always wants them together. They can't do nothing by themselves. This is true. They have started to you know get that band back together trope. It's the new mutants all over again. Teen Titans. <laughs> it's those teen characters. They. End up always being circulated right back to being like, hey, let's get back together and do what we did like 20 years ago. Because like, why would we do anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. Anyway, I'm very excited for the Wonder Man TV show. I have a actor in mind. Yes. Um, my personal choice would be Yaha. Um. I can't remember his last name right now. Or how to pronounce Abdul Mateen. Yes, Abdul Mateen. I think he would be a great one. We've already seen him like with the powers and stuff and when he was in Watchmen and he's hot. So <laughs> he's hot. He's hot. He has like a lot of star appeal. He's got a lot of charisma. You to kind of want that. And so that what, smile. What, what do you want to see in like a Wonder Man show though, if Wanda's not going to be there? Every now that she's not gonna be there, everything I want it to be about him. Honestly, like in all honesty, it's since it's titled Wonder Man, I want it to be about him. It should be about uh, they can either go the route of him being a failed business entrepreneur and going to his brother to go and like get help, and that's how he ends up getting his powers. Um, or they can go the route of him, you know, joining up with the villains or whatever, and then him go being a, a spy basically for the Avengers and turning on them. Um, so honestly, I want the Enchantress to be involved um, because she's like kind of really heavily in his story. She's the one who actually breaks him out of jail. So after he gets his, after he goes to jail for embezzlement, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he, it's always embezzlement. he took the fall for it. You know, he took the fall for the embezzlement went to jail 
Enchantress broke him out, and she was like, you know, we can give you powers. He got the powers through the Masters of Evil. So they could go that route, but I don't really know if a lot of those characters are really around. So they'll just, like, you know, make up whatever to, for him to get his powers that way. Honestly, I would prefer it to be AIM. There's an episode AIM. of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and that's kind of what happened. Um, the brother, who is uh, Grim Reaper, who's really mm-hmm. cool, like, you know, the death powers magic, and he dated Necra. Um, I think that he is the one who should be in the in the show to help him, like, get his powers, and instead of going to, like, a villain, just make it AIM. AIM would be fun. Okay. They'll That's probably cool. also do some funny stuff. I do hope that they also show him being, like, an actor, mm-hmm. or him trying to become, like, an actor. I fully guarantee that if there, if he is an actor, he definitely played Iron Man or mm. Doctor Strange or something in the MCU like, version of the Endgame movie. I can see that, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be cute, though. I'd enjoy that. I think so. I think that'd be great. So, like, he's got a lot of stuff for himself, like, completely separated from Wanda. The Vision won't even be involved because his original brainwaves weren't even based on Simon, so they have no connection to each other. So mm-hmm. now this is just going to be I like completely about right. Simon. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if, they're bro- if they're brothers, then that means Wanda's around, and that's okay. I mean, Simon loves Wanda. <laughs> she does. <laughs> <He> does. <laughs> they've, they've moved on. <laughs> they have both moved on. She will always pick that robot. I mean, she always moved on. I just don't think he did. He did. They've broken up and he's moved on. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think that he'll have some great stuff. I hope that he is given his villain route. Uh, Probably. Now that I think about it, they probably will give him a villain route because then that gives Carol someone to fight. She does need something. She's gonna lose. <laughs> she gonna lose like she always do when they fight, but it'll be something. She'll fight, she'll fight back a little. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, the next bit of tidbit news that we have is Marvel Studios will be returning to um San Diego Comic Con. So they haven't been to Comic Con since about 2019, uh, although Comic Con has had like virtual. Uh, Comic Cons. I don't know how successful they've been compared to like DC Fandom, and since Marvel does a lot of their Marvel Studios anyway does a lot of their announcements at D23, um, but Marvel Studios has confirmed that they will be at Hall H this year, uh, given their panel. Do you have any predictions of what you think they will be talking about? Mm, no, actually, because I do. You know, I do feel like their universe is heading more towards Secret Wars, multiverse stuff. And, you know, that's not really my jam. But that's a lie. Well, not about it not being my jam. That's true. But there is something I'm hoping for, and that's Blade News. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I forgot about that, actually. They probably will be having Blade News. I think they started filming that recently. Yeah, they did. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe, like, a first look at the suit. Maybe. Mm. Um a picture or a poster or something. I don't know. Some concept art. Anything. Him in costume, probably for sure. Just bringing more of the cast out, like announcing what the movie's actually going to be about. Anything. That's a good point. I am expecting a 
Black Panther teaser. Mm. Um, Are you excited for that? No. Oh. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Which is wild. <laughs> I want to be, but I'm not. <laughs> is it because um, is it because of that, that girl? girl. i'm sorry it is yeah (laughs) um i i don't know i don't know how i feel about it i don't know i'm excited to see the pizza again i'm going to see it i am curious i'll give you that um but everything else i don't know we'll see maybe we'll see how the what the first trailer gives Mm-hmm. I do know that the timeline. Like, do you is think it's change. coming at uh, at San Diego Comic Con, or do you think they'll save that for D twenty three, which they definitely mm-hmm. will still have at D twenty three this year? I think they might save that for D twenty three. But I don't Not know. They, I, but if they're making like it a, a big deal that they're returning to Comic Con at Hall H, all that, then they might do it. Like come back with the splash. Previously, they, when they had D twenty three and Hall H, they did big announcements at both. So, but I think D23 like, probably is where you'll get more Disney Plus stuff and more trailers and stuff because that's just their company. But mm-hmm. we'll see some stuff that ladies want to see. I don't know. I'm just ready to be, I guess, shocked by something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like obviously, we're, I don't necessarily think we're following like the same formula in the way that we used to with the MCU, but I feel like the characters we've gotten have all been very expected in a sense. And so like, I'm kind of ready to see like, who's going to be like the unexpected breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that we start to get more, more characters and like kind of pushed in those like bigger, like obviously we got my Wonder Man show, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, yeah. getting happier. I'm getting happier there and I do personally think that they're heading towards the I don't want to jinx it but I think that it is going to be Operation Galactic Storm slash like a Kree Scroll War I think I think that's where it's heading I don't know I if that's just Kree wishful thinking <laughs> but I, I think that about Galactic Storm but I can see Kree Scroll War <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens um but I do think that that is like what they're heading towards, kind of on the cosmic side, while the bigger stuff probably is going to be a Secret Wars. I am not expecting any kind of X-Men news outside of um, the X-Men 97. You'll probably get some concept art and maybe like a teaser. Of the... oh, I forgot about that. Are you excited for that? Not really, no. I don't really like the 90s X-Men cartoon. Besides. What? It's nostalgic. It's like, you know, classic. It's, I was about to say, it's actually not that good, but it is. It's, oh, it's not good. It's iconic. <laughs> I'll always give it that. <laughs> uh, I shall meet you at the monorail. Oh, <laughs> you know? Storm and her speeches. It's, mm. it's classic. Although I will like, say, that Shadow King episode is iconic, like where they went back to Africa and she like had her uh, nephew. Was her nephew? Mishnari or Mishnari, like Mishnari, yeah, or something like and that. He was running fast and running with it. That was like that episode is like burned in my brain. Mm-hmm. See, it's iconic. But Maybe. so like, I'll probably end up watching the show. We updated animation, should be cool. It's just the X Men in the nineties, which like hey, we've seen them before. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I like Lorna when she was in the X Factor in the nineties, so. 
If we got to go back there, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess Hall H. We'll see what's going on at, at Comic Con. I am excited for whatever whatever they announce on like the comic book side. I think that's going to be some big announcement that they've got going on there. It looks like they're probably going to have to try to align themselves with the MCU, so more people will either get books announced or will at least start to have like some some direction. Seems yeah. like right now the Marvel Comics is just kind of like a free for all right now. Yeah, which I guess is like not necessarily a- MCU too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll see. It'll, it'll it'll be interesting. Like it's you like said, no, like there I, isn't an Avengers team in the MCU. The compound got oh. destroyed in Endgame, and like there's there isn't in a team. Oh, I guess there's not. They gotta reform the Avengers. Oh, that's what Sam's gonna do. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I like oh. I like him as Captain America. Maybe I will get excited for some more things. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, they're probably gonna announce his stuff at mm-hmm. Comic Con, or at least I don't want. I don't want that man to come back though. So. You want to recast? <laughs> no, not Anthony Mackie. I'm talking about the writer. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe some changes were made behind the scenes, and <laughs> they haven't made those announcements yet. We still no. got time. Yeah, they haven't started production on it yet, so mm-hmm. put your time. Okay. Sam, Blade, Moon Knight. It's good. It's good time. Okay. I bet that Midnight Suns thing is gonna come too, but that's probably D23. Mm, All right, y'all. Well, those are all the updates we have for the week. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Hello, 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 everybody. We are back for another review in the comic section of the show. And um, this was kind of a heavy week. It was a big week yeah. for me. What about you? But, you know, also, I got my little comicsology notification. And next week is also going to be kind of a heavy book. I don't know if it's because of the delays that Marvel's been experiencing. Like, maybe everything's coming out at once now. Um, but, like, I got, like, 12 books next week. I was like, oh, this is... I don't got time. <laughs> it's getting hot for the summer Um, it's getting hot for the summer it is getting hot for the summer but no I'm excited because I think it's a lot of good quality stuff that's coming out now so um, let's actually go into it and the first book on our list is one I actually didn't read this week I kind of forgot it was coming out but I know you got into it so let's talk about Dark Crisis Young Justice number one and this comes from Megan Fitzmartin and Laura Braga I like Braga's art Okay, yeah, I actually really like the art in this issue, um, and this was a fun issue. Um, okay, so everyone knows the Dark Crisis is going on, and the Justice League is dead, and this issue is basically Young Justice responding to that, and that is, um, uh, we have Impulse, the original Superboy, Tim Drake Robin, and Wonder Girl uh, Cassie Sandspark. So uh, that's kind of like the core Young Justice team, or like those four, so that's kind of who this is kind of focusing on. Um, although we do get some of the old Young Justice members coming back in. So, like, this opens with Cassie at the morning of all the Justice League there, and she's, like, kind of annoyed that she's, like, if one more person, like, tells me, uh, brings up the word mentor 
or try to like console me like this. I'm getting annoyed and frustrated by this because people that don't really get it that like my mom loved me, but like Diana really like understood me, which I thought was interesting to see that like, you know, her and Diana had like a a bit of a falling out. Oh, when they it, did not get along. They did not. <laughs> they, they didn't get along at all. Um, but, you know, they did kind of grow towards the end of a whatever. They, they kind of found some peace between each other. And this kind of makes me feel as though through that growth, that in inside anyway, she felt like Diana, like, you know, understood her, even though she didn't really always like, even though she didn't always like her. Um, <laughs> That's a kind so, of recurring thing, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cassie sees her teammates from Young Justice, and um, <laughs> she sees Tim Drake and is like, oh, look at Tim. He is the third Robin, but the first one to choose it for himself, which is because um, he can't do anything else but always rely on that identity, which she kind of cleared him with that. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting kind of read there. And she is going down the line, basically, about like, you know, Elsa's here, and he's the fastest one amongst the, the other two guys, but all he ever does is trail behind them like a lost puppy instead of figuring out exactly what he wants to do. And she's like, you know, trying to figure out why they all are just still standing there. And she's like, even me, like, I am, um, feel like I'm like, people forget about us. Like, why are we always like the ones that are forgotten about? Um, even though she's like, with the, with the Justice League gone, it should be about the legacies, but the legacies to us are the people coming up after us. So, like, why do people keep forgetting about our group of people? That we're here. Oh, not the middle child syndrome. Yeah, it was very interesting to hear her talk about this. So, like, the Young Justice people get together, um, uh, Sissy shows up, and they have a little sit down talk. Oh, I'm about to go pick yeah. this up right now. <laughs> <laughs> she shows. She shows up, but she's in regular clothes because she's like, I don't want to be a part of this life no more. Like, I don't want to do this um, superhero she, stuff. She, gets, she hates it. Yeah, she says she's, she's told them that, like, I'm not doing this. And she pulls Cassie aside and is like, you know, what's going on? You look upset. And she's like, you know, everyone here is like just everyone's acting like the Justice League didn't just die. And like, we're supposed to move on from this. No one's being reaped about their feelings. Um no one's being like upfront with any stuff. Like everyone's <laughs> trying to act like, you know how like you meet someone from high school who you saw from high school mm-hmm. and uh, you have to almost, when you see them again, people, they think that you are the same person you were in high school instead of like, no, I'm a completely different person now. Like I've moved past those yeah. things. She kind of says that like, you know, everyone's trying to act like we were when we were young justice, when we were around each other. But like, we need to that start being a little more real. Yeah, and Cassie's like, they're so annoying. Like, sometimes I wish they would have just stayed dead. And um, she turns around, and they were all, like, vanished. They all vanished. And she's like, what's going on? Where did they go? Sissy's like, you know, um, good luck looking for them. <laughs> I'm not getting involved. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doing the superhero stuff. Like, I'm not even getting involved, good luck to you. And she leaves. Um, Cassie basically goes around to like every superhero she can and is like, you know, hey, Tim, Superboy, and Impulse are all missing. Can you help me? And they're all like, you know, I have my own stuff I got to worry about. Like, I'm not, 
I can't help you. And if the three of them are missing together, they're probably grieving together. Like, they'll be fine. It's cool. And pretty much for the rest of the issue, like, no one listens to her. <laughs> She's like, um, something's going on. They're all gone. Then we get this flashback of, or flash forward. I'm not really sure where they are. But the three boys are in this, like, other universe or something. And they fighting this woman with, like, huge titties. And I guess it's someone who <laughs> they may have fought before <laughs> or something. Her name is the Mighty Endowed. And oh, I guess no, not that. <laughs> I, I guess they fought her before or something. And I don't know, but like they try to fight her again, but they have these flashbacks of like, oh, we've like done this before. And then all of a sudden Cassie appears, but in her like Wonder Girl costume when she had like the pigtails and the goggles. Um, so something's going on there. I think they may have been transferred to another universe or something. Who knows? But our so Cassie, I guess, is one. Of, yeah, our Cassie is one is wanting to look for them. So we'll see. But it was really good. I would really like this like kind of introspection on these characters because again, they are the the middle child of the legacies. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. What would you rate the issue? Um, I would give this issue a 3.5 out of 5. I enjoyed it. Cassie okay. was great in it. Um, I liked, the, again, them kind of touching on these relationships. Um, I actually do like Superboy in this. Mm-hmm. And Cassie brings up, you know, her and Superboy used to date. But mm-hmm. after, after he died, her and Tim, like, made out one time. But then they, like, she never mm-hmm. told Superboy about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do like She's a like, messy lady. <laughs> my girl. so yeah i have to give it 3.5 okay well that's cool you know if you're a fan of young justice and cassie go ahead and go pick that up all right next up on the list is black adam number one and that comes from christopher priest and rafa sandoval now i'm not gonna lie to you i actually thought about getting this um because i really like sandoval's art but i don't know it's just something about black adam this was a mistake Oh, was it? So like, and I, I, just... <laughs> I like, I like Black Adam actually. I, you I know, know I did yeah. check this out. I was excited for this because it's supposedly like Black Adam was going to have a, a new heir basically, and there were going to be this black boy who was going to be. I don't know if they're going to make him a new Black Adam or give him his own code name or something, but he was going to inherit the power of Black Adam. Um, and like I said, you know, I think Black Adam's kind of cool, so I was interested in seeing what was going on in here. And this shit was corny. Like, oh. I was like, kind of offended reading this because I was like, how does someone come up with something so corny? Like, mm-hmm. was it like <laughs> it's was the corny in the way that that Miles Morales Thor comic was? Yes, but maybe worse. Oh. This nigga talk about oh, oh here go. Uh, let me let me bring up the. Um, the uh, Wu Tang Clan. So, like, <laughs> let me tell you what they happens. Love the Clan. <laughs> <laughs> so, it open it opens with um like Teth Adam, which I've never really seen Black Adam look this way. He looked very young and kind of suave looking in his like non Black Adam form after he says Shazam, and. Um, he's in this basically this uh, judiciary meeting about how I don't know something happened in Kondok and he's like not paying attention. He is having these flashbacks of when he fought um, Darkseid, and I guess when he fought him, it was a really cool fight. He had this really cool fight with Darkseid, and he punched through him, but then like his arm started to decay, so something's wrong with him. I think he's dying. So 
we fast fast back to our time and um, something's going on where these people who are related to like Kondok and stuff are being killed and like assassinated and people think yeah. that uh, Teth Adam is involved in it. And um, then he's like, you know, I think that he's basically has to go look for his heir because he learns that there's another heir out there for him that is, I'm assuming like some kind of like great, 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 whatever. Um, so then we get a fast over to this guy named Malik, who is a doctor. We, we're in this hospital. Malik okay, is a right. doctor. And I'm see the first shot of him is like, oh, cool, cute black kid, great art um, by Sandoval. And he's operating on a white supremacist, like explicitly yeah. says that. <laughs> and you could see like the Nazi thing on his chest. He's like operating on a white supremacist. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, um, it don't matter. Like, <laughs> um, I'm your doctor. Like, I'm going to be the one working on you. Yeah, that's right. Affirmative action, biatch, like, I'm your doctor, um, I'm the one that's going to operate on you. And he was like, let me break down to you um, the the greatness that is the Wu-Tang Clan. And, um, oh. but, what? Wait, <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Priest wrote this, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Makes no sense. Then all of a sudden, Teth Adam walks in to into the hospital and, um, Malik is like, oh, like, you got to wait outside. Like, I'm operating on someone right now. Mind you, Malik is just a med student. Um, he's, like, okay. getting his his clinical trials or whatever. And um, Teth Adam walks in. And he's, like, in this all-black costume or whatever. He's like, I'm Teth Adam. I'm a lord of conduct. And Malik is like, well, I'm the king of pop. I'm Michael Jackson. And then he makes all these references to, like, Neo from The Matrix and I'm like, okay, maybe this is taking place in like 1997 or like two, in the early 2000s <laughs> or some shit with all of these references. But no, later Malik is talking to this girl who he says he has like a, a crush on, but she like friend zoned him and she tries to call him like an old soul. But like, uh, I don't so think he's that like, like intentionally corny. Like he. I don't know. Is it that intentional? This is bad. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I feel like if she's calling him an old soul and like he's he's like constantly making all these references because I think about Christopher Priest. I've read a couple of things from him and like this does not sound like something that he normally writes, especially being a black man who like writes other black characters. I think about it when he wrote Power Girl, when he like uh, when he wrote Wally West in that Deathstroke book when they were a part of his little Dark Titans team. Like they weren't south about the Wu Tang Clan and doing all of that stuff. So. It feels, it sounds like it's intentional with him. After every time he spoke, he would be like, shit. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like at one point Teth Adam says something to him and it's like um oh Teth, Teth says something to him and Malik is like, oh you think that's gonna bother me? Shit. It's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm about to up. He says at one point, I'm going to up him Gangnam style on this man. And I'm like, wait, what? That sounds, I hope it's intentional because oh, that's rough. But, you know, the corny guys need a win every now and again. The ones who listen to um, 
What's that man who died? Kevin Williams. Oh, big yikes. <laughs> Those are the people for him. They do sound like this, but this is mm-hmm. this is bad. Well, like well, is it is it solely bad just because of like Malik and that speak, or do you think like everything else in it is also kind of bad? Everything else in it is fine. It's very typical. The hero is dying and he's passing on his power to the legacy. It's very like standard that way. It's just Malik is really corny in this, and it's his I book basically. Because I think about um. The he said the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, the Wu Tang Clan really always seals the deal. I <laughs> <laughs> love the Wu Tang Clan for some reason. I don't get it. Uh, but I think about the Falcon book that came out a couple years ago when Sam was in it. Like that, it had like Sam, Dr. Voodoo showed up, Misty showed up, Blaze showed up. It had him kind of doing different stuff with the supernatural. The book itself was not that bad, but the way the writer wrote um, the new Patriot, Rayshon, his dialogue, oh my gosh. It was awful, and it, like, ruined the entire book. Like, you could never pick up an issue and just, like, kind of skim past anything Rayshawn said because it was he was, like, always there, and he was always talking, and he was always talking about Beyonce and Jay-Z and, like, the Wu-Tang Clan and, like, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, ugh, let it go. I feel like there is a way to make a character youthful or whatever without dating it, or you can make him corny, too, without dating it by mm-hmm. dating it you make it really you sound you sound very you know hello there <laughs> fellow kids like you're, yeah. you're very out of touch <laughs> That's true. especially like when you say the wu-tang clan i'm sorry i do not believe any like young person in this day and age is listening to the wu-tang clan i don't care how big of a hip-hop head they might be they not and, and, let's call and it and if the they truth. are if they are that's not their favorite it's, no. it's like okay, it's okay to say these things. I think like we all kind of just like grow and like music changes and like that's the new norm and like that's fine. If these kids want to say Lil Nas X is their favorite rapper, like so be it. That is your choice. Okay, but it's not the Wu Tang. The Wu Tang Clan is <laughs> not them. I'm sorry, but like the Wu Tang has like a special hold over black nerds i think it's because they were like also very much into that culture and like they talked about it and they were just like very influential in it i think but it's the character to be... is supposed to be like 20 something he's in med school well they say I, he's I, in medical school that means he's in his 20s <laughs> i'm the just people saying, who listen to say up on that are in your 40s I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying what I think the thought processes might be. Huh. I don't know. What did you think about the issue overall? What would you rate it? Honestly, the art was fantastic. Um, Shout out to Sandoval. Like really, really, really great. Um, the art alone gives it a like a, somewhere between a 2.5 and a 3. But it's like all carried by the art. 80% of that <laughs> is the art. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 2.5 or 3. <laughs> I guess uh, Black Adam fans, tell us what you thought of it. Also, what you think of Malik. Because <laughs> I'm dying. Exactly if you like the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> also, what your favorite Wu-Tang Clan song is. 
<laughs> oh man, that's. I think I got a shirt that like said I got it like years ago when I was like really coming into my like nerddom, and it's um it says black nerd problems, and it's got like the Wu Tang symbol on it in the Afro. They love that damn symbol. <laughs> And I'll never forget, I was like, I was wearing it one day when I was FaceTiming with my mother and like she could only see the top half of the shirt. She couldn't see like everything else. And she's looking at it and she's like, you a fan of the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Shocked. She was like, like, what? She was like, what? She was like, I didn't know you liked the Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, oh no, that's not what the shirt is. <laughs> I was like, I might not be able to wear this again. But, um... Continuing on, next book on the list is X-Men number 12, and that comes from Jerry Duggan and Pepe LaRoz. And this is like the final issue of the big X-Men team together, right? Yes. Um, so basically the previous issue had the team split up where the guys were on Earth and the girls went to Game World to stop the attacks that have been happening of being sent to Earth after, you know, the Araco was created. So this is that issue okay. basically wrapping up the girls' mission. It opens with um, <laughs> Jean getting stabbed by Wolverine, but it was actually wow. just an image that Jean was putting in the, um, I think his name, Cordyceps Jones, was the, like, spore monster who was sending all the, the he's the mm-hmm. one who, who runs Game World. He was the main villain. And he's okay. these spores, and he basically was, <clears throat> Jean had him imagine the girls dying, but that's not really what happened. They were actually trapping him, and um, Jean used her telekinesis to like get all, every single spore. Rogue even helped out, mm-hmm. and they passed them all along to Polaris, and Polaris put all of the spores into a force field, and mm-hmm. um, then put all of the metal like so that she can get in the room around the force field and kind of trapped them in that. So they got rid of him and saved the day and saved all of Game World. Um, then all of the team comes back. They have a little bit of a sit down, and the guys, Sink and Colossus, the Sink and Cyclops, basically went to uh, Ben Ulrich and told him the truth. That yes, we took the knowledge of the resurrection from your mind. Um, and we were going to give it back to you. And like they gave him his notes back and they were going to give him his memories back. But um, Ben decided like, no, you already took it from my head. Like <laughs> it is what it is. I can deliver. I'm going to deliver the story how I learned of it, you know, getting all my notes back, getting everything back. And that's exactly what he ended up doing. Uh, front page of the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. It says immortal. It says immortal X-Men. And uh, it talks about an ex- exclusive with the X-Men about how he, that the X-Men have conquered death. Everybody know now. Um, that's kind of anticlimactic. A little bit, yeah. Um, uh, what was anticlimactic for me was the way that the team kind of wraps up. They're on like a random superhero mission because the Mole Man was attacking. And while they are on this mission, um, Cyclops is like, you know, because of Resurrection coming out, I probably can't be on the team anymore. Um, and Gene is like, you know, not everybody has to leave, but like, what are you guys going to do now? Um, we don't have to change every spot. Lorna says, she's like, I'm learning to go with the flow. Like, I'm pretty much, I'm doing whatever I want to do. Rogue says that um, she would love to stay, but she thinks she's going to leave. Um, Destiny's been in a fit. 
and she says that only Rogue can prevent mutants walking through a gate and never returning or some like random vision that she has mm-hmm. so Rogue is going to be tied up in whatever kind of stuff was there Sunfire says you know I would love to stay but I'm going to go help out on some mission with Arako so mm-hmm. it's just she Scott and Sink at the end everyone just kind of says like it's been cool but like I'm got other stuff to do Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I wish that there were a little bit better reasonings for everyone to kind of leave, but everyone's mm-hmm. just like, oh, I can just, I have other stuff I can go do. And the next issue is going to be like, it should, it should be their gala issue, I guess. The next issue will be, issue 13 is a Judgment Day tie-in. The gala oh. issue is separate. Oh, okay. That's, that's, so I think I the issue 13 is supposed to, 13 and 14, um, allegedly is when the new team will come out. Okay. I might check but that I think in, you over know, those two issues we'll find there. out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Overall, I thought it was cool. I had a great time with Lorna. Uh, Polaris mm-hmm. got some fantastic showcasings throughout these 12 issues. Um, some great showcasings of her personality. I feel like a lot of people didn't really know a lot about Lorna because she's always mm-hmm. been in X Factor and like kind of on the an ancillary book. But um, now she's on the main team, so we really got to see her personality and her powers. And, you know, she's a chill, powerful girl, except, you know, don't get in her face or she will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> so, love to see that. What would you rate this issue? Yeah. Um, overall, it was a solid wrap up issue. I would give it a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. Solid. Um, That's very nice. Again, I'm excited what? to see where Lorna goes next. As a whole for this, like, so knowing that this team was, like, 12 issues kind of condensed into this one, how would you rate this, like, as a whole? Like, if just these 12 issues, would you recommend it to somebody? Not even, like, just for Lorna's sake. But, like, if you were like, oh, I want to get into the X-Men, is this something you would give them? Mm, I think for the Krakoa era, yes. As an X, as a place for someone to get started with the X Men, no. Okay. Like if if someone had already been like into the X Men and all that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. I, I would recommend those these first twelve issues. Say so yeah, you know, check those out and see if you like what this is about. Okay. Okay. That's good. I love that. It gives you a lot of like if you are looking for some just general super heroic X Men stuff, then yeah. Okay. All right. It ain't it ain't get too deep. <laughs> so <laughs> so I would I wouldn't recommend it for that, but like yeah. Just some fun superhero fanfare like keeping mm-hmm. keep, 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 That's always fun. That can, that, that, that has keep its place. That has its place. So I can do that. All right, moving on. Our next book on the list is the Marvel Pride special came out this week. Last week we had DC, this week was Marvel. And I have to say, you know, I think last week we talked about them and I was saying how I feel like the DC specials tend to just show like the LGBTQ superheroes doing their thing and like just how that involves their love life I have to be in. And the Marvel ones tend to like just kind of focus on like, oh, they're coming out aspects or like the emotion that they're feeling with it. I'll say that this one was a very nice change. It was different. It had them just kind of doing heroic stuff that they would normally do. Um, there didn't feel like there were as many stories as there normally are in this one. We got like a Loki. We got two Loki stories, actually. 
Um, one had America, Wiccan, and Hulkling. One had him and Asgard throwing like Loki pride. We saw some gays in Wakanda. We met <laughs> some cute. We met some new trans mutants um, who were coming around. Uh, we saw Emma show up and things like that. I thought it was like a cute little issue all in all. Um, shout out to the gays. It's Pride Month. Good Good for them. Um, And then the next book on our list is New Mutants 26. And this comes from Vita Ayala and Rod Rice or Reese. And uh, I got to tell you, this story is like fine. I think New Mutants is fine. But it is kind of very boring to me. And this story (laughs) about magic (laughs) is not exciting to me in the slightest. And it's not because I don't really necessarily dislike magic. I just, I think about books that I really enjoy and how I kind of want to go back and read them multiple times and like pick it back up and see something that's really grabbed me. And this just isn't doing for this. This is a story about Ileana kind of removing the trauma of limbo from her life and all the things that go on with it and like just being free and a new person. She gets a new soul sword because there's old woman magic who's there from the future. She's been fighting the demons and she used the spell that merged them with warlocks so they got the virus and she uses that to make the new sword which she gives to Ileana which they give they are able to get out of limbo with and Maddie, Danny and Rain are around and it's kind of like interesting because Maddie's not really saying anything or doing anything or like contributing much uh, except for a sarcastic comment every now and again in the background. And for a story that I felt wow. like was supposed to be taking over, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what else is she? And she's, still, she's still wearing that Goblin Queen suit. They couldn't even put her in something different. Um, but I feel like. <laughs> she's supposed to be you know taking over limbo you think she'd have a little bit more saying like oh this is how i think we should handle it or like this is why i kind of want to see or this is where i want to go especially just being mad she thinks she know everything anyway she got that gene syndrome so she find a way to insert herself you know and i i just don't get a lot of that i think the action when it happens it's very light it's literally like just this one page like every few issues they come swinging these swords at each other and then it's done and they go back to talking and I don't know. I just feel like the art does a lot of the heavy lifting for me. And if there was a different artist, I don't think I would feel the same way about this book that I do now. Um, I think, again, I think it's fine. I think Ayala does a really good job at selling emotions. I think Reese does a really good job like with the face acting and like showing that. And together, it's a great team. I just think that the story itself is boring. And there's nothing that ever makes me want to go back and read it. That's unfortunate because so, I know you like the new mutants, but it might be time for them to just get a new, like a new path. I thought that the whole um, like counselor thing was interesting, but maybe it's time to elevate that or something. I think it's interesting for Warpath. I think mm. him as like the counselor and teacher has been something that's been really well done. And I think it like really follows his story extremely well from the guy who originally joined the young team mad and angry, trying to get revenge for his brother, going to join Cable and X-Force, going to become a full-fledged X-Man, going through all of this stuff. And now he's at this place of peace and happiness that he's carrying that on and he's teaching it to the younger generation. Counselor Warpath is like the bee's knees. I'm all about that. I actually really love Warpath though, so that works for me right everything (laughs) it's kind of like okay like it's cute it's fun it's sad i guess i'm just tired of being sad yeah 
So, all in all, I'd probably give the I'd give the book a three point five out of five again. I think it's a fine story. I think it's told well. Uh, I think the art's good. This book just might not be for me, and I keep trying to come back to it, and I just gotta realize that it's just not for me. Yeah, just true. And next up on the list is Knights of X number three, and this comes from oh, Teeny no. Howe and Bob Quinn. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So, you know, they said this uh, book is only supposed to be five issues. That's what it's listed as, it's Amazon. And then it wasn't in that one solicit. So people aren't really sure if it actually did end or if it just did a skip month. And I got to tell you, I am so ready for this book to end. Like, if this is five issues, let me just power through and let's be done with it. Because I am tired. Again, this is another one where it's like, there are some really good ideas in here. And like I've said that from the beginning, I think Teeny has like immaculate ideas. And I think when Hickman was around, he was kind of mentoring her and she was on a very much upwards uh, spiral of like how she was writing. I think things were getting progressively better and the storytelling was like really like making its move. And I don't know if it's because the, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because of like how X books feel as a whole, but like this is like ugh, and we have been doing this for three years now. It's got to stop. It's like time to move on. But in this issue, the two teams are operating. Gambit, Megan, Kylan, and Rachel are trying to find Mad Jim Jaspers to rescue him from the Furies. Uh, Betsy. Richter, Shatterstar, and Mordred are in Sevalith trying to get in touch with Death so they can like free him and find a way to stop everything. While this is going on, like the 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 storytelling is just kind of weird. Like Betsy's crew is in Sevalith at night, but then later on they're also still there in the day. So time is passing, but like we're still in the same like few hour or so with Gambit's team of where they are. And then like the entire time Gambit's trying to get his team to rescue people, Rachel is just like crying. Like we gotta find Betsy, we gotta get Betsy. I can't talk to Betsy, I can't, whatever. It's like, girl, shut up, like go do something. And <laughs> even, even when it happens, so like finally the two teams connect and they come back. And like Megan gets a really nice power usage where she like reminds people that she has these elemental abilities. She creates these giant tornadoes. She sends the Furies off. Um, when the two teams reconnect, Gambit is like trying to stop Jim Jaspers from getting executed. And so he's like, Rachel, we got to do something. And Rachel's like, oh, Betsy, we still got to find Betsy. Like, girl, a man's about to be executed. Like, why are you worried about Betsy? She's not worried about you. That's a girl. And, uh, I do not enjoy that ship at all. Also, it like lacks chemistry, and I feel like having a character just like screaming for another one does not invoke a relationship. There's nothing that ever really says they get deep with each other. There's no like cute, playful banter. There's no like fun flirting. It's just like it feels like a sister relationship. Mm. Um, I don't buy it. But I know a lot of people like it because I think it's fine to go get Rachel out the closet, and I know a lot of people have been calling for that. So right, we can give her a girlfriend though. We could give her a girl. Okay, someone that actually makes sense. Yeah, but I think, and and this is the thing about again with Teeny, I think she has like really good ideas. So there's the um that we finally get the history of Mercator, one of the kingdoms in Otherworld, and we find out that it is Mr. M. 
who first appeared back in like the District X days, and he was a big part of the 198 after decimation and all of that happened. He's one of the Omega level mutants. Apocalypse actually gave him the Siege Perilous and like took him to other world and was basically like, this is a place that you can make your kingdom. Like with your powers, you can do whatever you want. Just all I need you to do is hold this Siege Perilous here for me for when our kind needs it because we will need it in the future. And he's like, okay. Apocalypse. He's like, well, I'll do it. <laughs> that guy. He's God, I miss him so much. And, like, again, I think about things like that. And, like, the st- that's the kind of stuff that TD does that I really enjoy. I'm like, oh, this is, like, a nice little point. Like, again, she wrote a really good apocalypse. I'll never take that away from her. Um, and so M is like, okay, I'll do this. But if I do it, I want you all to leave me alone. And they're like, cool. So that's how that land came to be. They're all fighting. Merlin comes in and Gambit's trying to be himself and be all big and bravado. And he's like, you know, you're trying to say that you're going to kill me and that you'll bring me death. He's like, I was death. You know, I know what that is. And he has the death card. He's been doing this thing with the arrows he got. I mean, not the arrows, the cards he got from Saturnine where he's been charging them and having them use abilities. The last issue he did one that was like the, it was a card of swords. So when he like through it with his energy power, it made like four energy swords that like exploded. Oh, okay. And so, and so this <laughs> one he was, yeah, he I guess he was gonna do something with the death card, but it backfired and Merlin killed him. <laughs> but again, I think this is kind of gonna go into like the siege perilous stuff. We know, and it's been said that it is something that holds the minds and like sees characters through all the various realities and what they can do and like where they're at so i think that's how they'll find a way use it to get around death and other world and bring game back i agree i think that's definitely so. going to be like the the point of knights of x was to get the siege perilous to fix the death in yeah it'll be interesting because i think they'll be fixing the deaths in other world just for resurrection to be taken away I know, just in time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, it's interesting because Gambit dies, but he's also been uh, promoted to be in the Hellfire Gala. Oh, that's right. He got a mm-hmm. new suit and everything. So I've seen, I've seen a few theories that it is Mystique pretending to be him, but that would be kind of gross. Yeah. But it also sounds like something Mystique would do, so. Fair. Um, no, nah, I wouldn't think that's Mystique. I think it's Gambit. Okay, we'll see. Next month, I think. But that was Knights of X. I think, I don't know. I will say I did enjoy this issue a little bit more than I did the last one. I think there were still a couple of problems, like, throughout. I think that's just going to be, like, a consistent thing with this writing. But, again, we're only five issues in. Well, we're only supposed to have five issues. So I'm, like, cool to just kind of, like, stick with it see it through, see where it goes. I don't think I will be able to handle a third installment of this, though. Like, if mm. after Knights of X, if Winter comes around and they're like, okay, we're, relaunch- we're like, launching all new Excalibur or, like, all new Knights or, like, something like that. Even if it's, like, Spy Betsy and, like, Captain Britain and MI-13 or something like that. I think if it's still written by Teeny, I'm just not going to pick it up. Yeah. It's time for a relaunch. It's, I need, I need, I, there's, I'm just, I just don't enjoy a lot of the characterizations and the way that the characters are written. They come off very, like, whiny a lot, cringy. I cannot stand Richter. 
like I think he is one of the worst characters in the entire world. Oh. And like I'm kind of familiar with him. I've read him in X Factor. I've read him when he was in X Force. And it's like I can't really tell you like what exactly his personality should be, but I just don't feel like it's this. Mm. And it's it's they're just all like Mordred. We kind of get an idea of what his powers are supposed to be while they're like uh, when the two teams get together, all of the people just start randomly attacking him. And Rachel's like, oh, is that his mutant power? Keep it up. And it's like, what? Hmm. He's like, it was whatever. I'd give the issue a 2.5 overall. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> um, to Moon Knight number 12. Um, I'm going to go through that one kind of quick. You know, it was good. It's Jim McKay, Alessandro. Uh, Capuccio, and they're, like, knocking it out of the park on this book. Uh, Moon Knight, like, is fighting off Zodiac and a bunch of people who are trying to attack the Midnight Mission. We see some, like, really cool stuff with, like, all these, like, kind of ghost phantom Moon Knight type situations. Hunter's Moon comes in to help the team. His crew's going tigers around. Um, But the, the big thing about this issue is that the end of it, once it's all done, it's no longer Mark Spector. We have Stephen Grant. Oh, I'm here. I'm in control. Like now, it's been kind of bloody, and I'm not like that. So it's like, let me introduce myself, and then we're gonna start getting into more of that. So like, I'm really excited for that, and I think that was a big issue. We uh, haven't had too much of the personalities. We Mark's always been talking about it, but we haven't seen them. So it's like this is the first time we've seen one. So I think that's cool. I recommend this issue highly. It's a four out of five. Pick it up. Okay. And my final book of the week. This was a good one. It's Immortal X-Men number 12. I mean, I said number 12, number two. And that comes from Karen Gillan and Lucas Wernick. Now, I think Lucas Wernick's art is very pretty, but I don't know how I feel about him on interior. I think his proportions are a little off. And there were like a lot of artists, there were a lot of artist errors in this issue. Like Destiny is specifically not at the council meeting. It's like said, she's like in her room, like writing in pain and stuff like that. But she is literally in every panel at the council meeting <laughs> <laughs> in the book. <laughs> so it's like, it's I'm, like not editing. I'm pretty sure I think they actually made a comment that like Storm wasn't there either because she was off doing the region thing. And she's like surely sitting there at the table. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, like I said, I'm OK, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, but we'll take it. Um, but this issue is basically all about Destiny and Mystique. Destiny is talking about new visions that she's seeing and all of the stuff that she's going through. And she recalls the first time her and Mystique met and how they knew they were in love. She just talks a little more about her powers and how all of that works. She also discovers the secrets about Sinister and how he cloned Moira because she sees him in like some of the other universes and she sees him like being eaten by this giant like energy powered Exodus and he seems to be having like a phoenix sitting on his shoulder and he's got like his little holy halo going on and that's a flame i thought it was pretty cool but i also like exodus and all the religious iconography so oh, I I too. Cool. it looks cool and she's i like his flame and halo that's hot <laughs> yeah it was super hot and so as destiny kind of figures this out she eventually like does we get don't need no phoenix cool. though that could, we could dip that in the bud now <laughs> I mean, I'm not a Phoenix fan, so I like support that 100%. Absolutely but, not. Um, hope is, uh, I assume it was Hope, and you know, that's his girl. Oh. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's his girl. <laughs> um, Destiny does eventually make her way into the council meeting. 
<laughs> but not before it's actually revealed to everybody that Mystique was like impersonating Xavier. She gave Hope the helmet. She's the one who went to Sinister as Magneto and like and blew the whole stuff up to like bring Destiny back. So they're all arguing about it. Xavier's like, we need to do something quick. Kitty tries to jump up and be like, oh, you're being mean. And he shuts her down. And let me tell you something. It was in that moment that like it really clicked with me. I might be a Charles Xavier stand. I've always said I like that man, but I like that man. Okay? I don't think might is should be involved in that since you are a Charles Xavier stand. You say that fairly often. <laughs> Every time he's brought up, you're like, well, he's got a point. <laughs> he's got a point. He's very he's very rarely wrong. And you know, and it just really got me more excited for like the Charles Xavier issue of Immortal X-Men. I feel like Charles is a man who's a bit of an egomaniac. We've gotten a lot of the morally gray Xavier stuff in the past, but I feel like he's always been able to rely on the people who's around him. Like Magneto's always been maybe like a little bit worse. Moira turned out to be a little bit worse. Like his students know he's a bad guy, but they'll never really like fully challenge him in that way. Someone like Jean knows everything he does and she supports it fully. Um, and I think now, Xavier she is in this space. <laughs> she helped, okay, all the time. Now I see him in this space of being on the council. There's no Magneto. There's no Gene. Cyclops is gone. Storm is rarely around. Nightcrawler might be there, but he's like still a good person. Colossus, eh, and really everybody left are people who are kind of anti-Xavier. Hellfire, Destiny, Moira, uh, Mystique, Sinister, Exodus. They not pressed the suck up to him. And so, like, now we're going to finally get him in this chance. We're like, we're going to see Xavier by himself again and, like, how he handles these people. And I love it. Him and Mystique are, like, yelling at each other back and forth. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, he's got it, but it's like he has to bring this out now. And I'm, like, just really excited to get to his issue. But Destiny continues on. She starts writing some new journeys, uh, journals because, again, we see that, like, she's seeing the future. We get, like, some Judgment Day stuff. We see a little sniff of... It looks like Jean and Emma standing with Sinister and all of these other type of things. And at the end of it all, she's crying because she's like, she's writing all these uh, futures and seeing all of this stuff and Mystique's not in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what she gets. <laughs> Isn't that what she gets? Isn't that's it amazing? <laughs> I like actually cheered. I was like, yes. I was like, end her. <laughs> um, so that was that. That nasty was lady. That's what she gets. Nasty lady. It's just like It's just like ooh, like mm, she got what she deserves. So it's, I'm truly serious. Like when I say that, whatever happens to Mystique, if she dies, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yes, of course I did. Oh, you know, you know, you know, some people <laughs> they didn't die. <laughs> But you remember how you remember how everyone felt when Joffrey died? Yes. That's it's like gonna finally. Be <laughs> I can guarantee you. As soon as I read that page and she was like, Oh, she's not any of my cheer. I was like, Yeah, this is this is a book. I'm really enjoying it. I will also give this issue. I will give this issue a 3.5 out of 5. The writing and stuff was really amazing. I love the way Gillen writes Destiny and kind of like the prose he does. Again, I'm, it made me way more excited for Xavier's issue. I only take some of the points away because of Wernick's art. I think it's very pretty. I think he does some faces, but it's a little, eh. We'll see. I think he has a lot of room or a lot of time to get better, obviously. And he draws anything better than I would, but it's a little, eh. 
Yeah, I prefer his covers more than his interiors. Um, but there's always time to get better. Sometimes. But yeah, those were the books of the week. It was a good week. It was. Um, and speaking of art, let's go ahead and get into the last bit of the book club that we read for this week, and that was uh, the Mighty Thor uh, issues four through six, and that was by Jason Aaron and art by Russell Dodderman. And like, I have to say that this really like reminded me how much I really enjoy Russell Dodderman's interiors. Um, like mm-hmm. they're all so detailed. They're also action packed. Like when people are punching in and summoning lightning, like you feel it. Um, I was really enjoying this. Now, this, these couple issues were a little confusing because we didn't read the Mighty Thor that happened previously. So I wasn't sure what the hell Odin was mad about <laughs> so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in this, uh, these few issues, Odin has arrested um, Freya and there's like a civil war or something going on in Asgard because he's a part of the old and like, I guess new people want to be taking over and stuff because I guess Odin was away. And while he was away, they developed their own government and he thinks that everything should still be like, you know, the old patriarchy, but they newer people want to have like, you know, voting and all that kind of stuff. They want to have their own council of people. So that's where Isn't all this is crazy. How art imitates life. Isn't it wild? <laughs> and sure enough, Odin does not like Jane because she's a woman. <laughs> because mm-hmm. she, she has the hammer and he keeps calling her the imposter and how she's just like not welcome here. Um, very nasty man. Very. And I also will say that these issues showed me why everybody used to go up for Jane. Like, I used to see people go up for Jane and talk about, oh, she would win these fights and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, now why would she be doing all of that? Like, but now yeah, I see I that, like, see. she was fighting Odin. It <laughs> yeah. was like throwing asteroids and stuff. Like, she is. She's, she's that girl. Jane exactly. Thor is like it. And it's like really interesting because I've been having conversations with people who really enjoy Jane Valkyrie. And I like tried Jane Valkyrie in the beginning, but I couldn't get too much into her. But they really love the all weapon. But I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Jane Thor just hits. Do you think that it's because once you become, once you fill the seat of the legacy, it's hard to go back? Oh, yes, 100%. Sam had the same problem. When he, when mm. he stopped being Captain America and went back to Falcon, and it was kind of like, yes, okay, we can try and make Falcon like a thing, but it's technically still does feel like a step down because you made it such a point to be like, oh, they're stepping up from this place where they used to be going to do this and now I'm going back to that because somebody else came back and had the role like we both can't do it has a character ever done that and successfully moved on from the mantle like they had it for a bit and then they left and never really came back to it I think you can make I mean I don't even know if he counts though I was going to say I guess you can make a case for Nightwing but he was already Nightwing for so long before he became Batman Right. And, like, they they made sure they established that, like, Nightwing was a solo hero, whereas, like, you know, Sam and all them, they were still technically, quote-unquote, the sidekick or the partner. Whereas right. like, Nightwing was like, no, I'm doing my own thing. He's a solo character, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know about how you really handle those mental upgrades when it's time for it to go back, because it feels like such a downgrade. Because this Jane, 
she was beating ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I really liked all of that when she was going up against Malekith and like all the dark elves. And like this story, he is trying to marry this light elf queen mm-hmm. who Enchantress like uses this like magic spell to um, enchant her basically. And they get married, and he like ends up taking over down there. I thought that stuff was really dope. Uh, all the stuff with Loki too was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure because this is like really my first foray into current Thor. I'm not sure how often Loki like flip flops because in this <laughs> in this issue he's like anti Odin. He's like all about his real father, Lofi, the um, Ice King. So he's like, okay. He's on that side. He even, like, stabs Freya in this, which I was shocked to, like, turn that page and see when he, like, stabbed her with that poison blade and she's, like, dying. Odin in the mm-hmm. middle of his fight <laughs> with Thor is like, hold on, girl. <laughs> 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 hold on, girl. I feel something, something ain't right. <laughs> and Freya's there, like, being stabbed and she's been killed. And um, Loki, like, leaves and joins back with his father. So, like, I'm not sure how often he, like, switches to being part of the Odinson side and then not and oh, does a lot of that. Why do they keep letting him come back? Because he's family. <laughs> <laughs> he literally stabbed you. Like <laughs> you can't turn your back on family. We <laughs> <laughs> fight sometimes. It's okay. You just let it go. Oh my. Um but yeah I Overall, I really love this. Again, it really woke up how much I really love the interiors for uh, by Russell Dodderman. I think they're really great. Yeah. And um, like the colors and stuff are, are really awesome. And there's a story. Um, I mm-hmm. might continue on with it. I want to see how she gets rid of the hammer. Because at the, by the end of this, in issue mm-hmm. six, we finally see Holden say. And um, he's been, like, captured out in space by something, and he's finally returning. So at this point in the story, um, Jane is now Thor, and she's, like, kind of being exiled from Asgard because Odin is no longer there. His brother is now sitting on the throne, um, and Freya's in jail. So she's not really, like, she's on the outs with Asgard, and the light elves and stuff, they're all doing all that out there, light and dark Mm -hmm. elves. So... At this point, there's more stuff for her to do as well as Odinson is coming back. So I'd like to see how he gets his hammer back. So I know it's he has good. it. Those and those like final issues of the Mighty Thor that Aaron did with Jane and like how that story wrapped up with the cancer and the hammer and all of that, it was very well done. And I know a lot of times people can feel like the writers don't always stick the landing on certain events or what happens, or just the characters where they have bumps in the road. And I truly do feel like Jane Thor in that story was like a perfect run. Aaron really knocked it out of the park the entire time. I always recommend it to people who've never read it before. Yeah, so far this stuff has been fantastic. I would, I've only, this is my first time and I would recommend it <laughs> to people yeah. because it's been really great, really great comic books. Um, but yeah, that's how I felt about all that kind of stuff. Um, definitely send in y'all comments and questions about uh, the book club. We're going to be switching it up for July. You know, school's out, so we decided to go with um, something a little bit for the kids. And we're going to be reading New X-Men. And uh, <laughs> this will be interesting. Uh, we're going to be starting with just reading the first three issues of New X-Men. So New X-Men um, from 2000, I think, six. 
and uh, issues one through three. And uh, this will be interesting because I know Keenan gets sick of me saying who every time he brings up a lot of these new X-Men characters. That's so, <laughs> like, oh, it's from 2000 and, yeah, 2004. Mm. Yeah. Damn. But again, like, who is Wolf Cub? Oh, he wasn't important. He died. Like, See, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of those. So we'll see about these. There'll be a all, all I know is I remember I remember some of this stuff. I didn't read all of it. But I remember back when it was coming out, I was kind of reading some of it. I liked Hellion. I liked Wind Dancer. Why was Wolf Cub the one who popped up, though? <laughs> <laughs> because who is Wolf Cub? Like, who, like, who is that? Like, why am all one with the Wolf Cub? <laughs> <laughs> Like, who are all these kids? So let's do a reread of this and we'll see what's going on. So definitely check that out. Got your Marvel Unlimited app. So if you're already on the books, join us for the book club. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Welcome back to the uh, rewatch section of the show. And this week we are watching episode three of Ms. Marvel for the MCU. And um, this was basically the info dump episode. This is where, like, the exposition comes out. We're basically learning about everything <laughs> right now <laughs> with this <laughs> with this episode. Previously, Kamala got picked up by Cameron and his mother as she was like trying to escape from the um uh what's that group called the the uh, damage control and yes. um so they get taken back to her house and basically they tell her this entire story about how she is a jinn or they were called the clandestines and um i did some research and found okay. out that the clandestines are actually real so so, Which, you know, when she said it, it sounded very familiar to me. I was like, I don't know. But I was like, oh, this is also like a real word. So I was like, maybe I'm just like completing two different things. Right. I thought it was just but, a real word. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it actually is like a group of people in the Marvel Universe. It's actually okay. like the clan. It's two words. The clandestines are what they are. And it started with this <laughs> random man who was, he like, fell in love with a genie, basically, a djinn, and they had kids, and, like, their kids, have, he was made, a, the genie made the man immortal and, like, gave him powers, and then, like, mm. their kids became, like, the clandestines, and, like, they just, like, lived forever. Oh, okay. Not really from another universe, but the djinn is from, like, I guess, not human, obviously, because they're a yeah. genie, but... They are a real thing. Now, I don't know if they're going to be making Kamala one of these offspring. Obviously, that's what it looks like. However, mm-hmm. I don't know. Because in the comic, Cameron, the uh, the boyfriend that has a, a crush on Kamala, he wasn't human. Like, Kamala mm-hmm. was. Which makes me wonder if this is all just a fake out. And that they'll still be inhuman at the end. Mm-hmm. And that because I mean Aisha, we did see that Cree arm exactly. So in this in this story, like um, 
uh, Najma tells uh, Kamala all about like all of the past, about this bangle. We see Aisha, who is her great grandmother, um, and uh, who like is cute because it kind of looked like they looked for like a girl who kind of looked like Amon <laughs> Valani. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh look, you were Ms. Marvel in the past. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute, um, and. They pick up the. They were looking for this bangle, and they pick it up off this arm, and the arm is blue. So I'm assuming that was a Cree character, and uh, they found out that some man told them that they needed two bangles to in order for them to get somewhere. But all they had to do was one, and they got to make make do with just the one. And uh, Aisha takes the bangle, separates from the other woman, and they go their separate ways as the whole place is being pillaged by the British. And I thought that was interesting because. Mm-hmm. You know, I see a bangle or some kind of wrist thing, and my mind goes quantum to the band. quantum bands. And the quantum bands give you access to the quantum zone and quantum energy. So you can, it's basically mm-hmm. like this like light energy. You can do all the stuff that basically Kamala's, Kamala's doing. doing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am not a fan of that at all <laughs> because I'm a big fan of Quasar. <laughs> And the quantum bands, um, because they're supposed to be like you're not supposed to be able to remove them, um, mm-hmm. unless you die. But they've been able to like take them on and off. Have we seen Kamala tried to take it off? Well, she took it off. She opened it. I mean, initially, when she, like, opened she... it and put it on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've seen her like try and take it off since then or make any like comments no but i I mean or even struggle to take it off yeah she hasn't really like said anything about it she just knows it's there she's just living her life (laughs) and how did the great grandmother get it off maybe she died but then how did she send it in the box or how did they get it who found her right it was just something that was in the attic i guess sana the grandmother had it maybe but like it wasn't the grandma the great grandma's whole thing that like she went missing and no one ever saw her again. Yeah. Maybe know. she left the bangle with her kid. I don't know. Lady. Yeah, we'll see. I should she seemed cool. <laughs> so who knows? Cool. We'll see about if they end up making them a gin or if they are just I, inhuman or the clandestines. I, I won't lie, I'm personally a fan of like the gin and clandestine thing. But that's just me. I like I it. mean I, I like, like Kamala's power. <laughs> I like and I like the new powers, but I think a big thing about this show is that it's got a big tie into things around family and like history and all of that stuff. And I just enjoy that that's how her powers are coming about. And it's really something a little bit more personal to her story than the was with the creep. Yeah, I agree that the powers now come from her and her family, and like they're more ancestral than you know. Something with the and creed. speaking of family, Kamala's mother, she's that girl, mm-hmm. and like I I the parents are so cute. Love her. I love the parents. Like, and again, like this show was like really strong when it emphasizes that family bond and like how they're doing it, how they're raising Kamala, how they're t- talking with her and teaching her. And I just think every scene with the mom and Kamala just always feels really real and endearing and like beautiful. Oh my God, the scene of them in the bathroom and the mom was like, yes. "You don't have to do any of this stuff alone." That got me. Yes. Sorry, like it got like, me. Yes. 
this is really good. And even those moments where she has disappointment with Kamala and she's still just kind of looking at her, like, just be honest with me. Just tell me if you just be here to help. I'm here to help you and, like, do all of that. Like, when they out there talking about, oh, yeah, we saw Kamala pull the fire alarm and she's just sitting there like, oh, no, not my girl. But then she, like, goes to her and she's like, just tell me. And she's like, she can't do it. And she's just, I just, I really love the parents and I really love the family dynamic that they put on this show. I think it's really the core, the strength, the heart. And I think that's what raises it above a lot of these other ones that we've had. Yeah, I agree. The parents and all of the family aspects are really fantastic to see. Even at that wedding and uh, seeing all of them come together, the wedding was great. I had a friend of mine recently um, have, she was getting married and she's an Indian girl and she looked like a princess, like just Mm -hmm. beautiful. And uh, this yeah. wedding looks so fun and very bright and really cool to be at. Like, I love the little dance that they did. Um, and Bruno is cute. Bruno's a cutie. <laughs> I, think, I think the brother. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not him. <laughs> it's, um, Bruno, wait. Wait, what's the brother's name? What's Kamala's brother? That's what I'm talking oh. about. His name isn't Bruno? No, Bruno's No, Bruno was... The friend, right, Duncan. <laughs> Duncan, yes, 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 yes. Because the boy, because yes. Cameron keeps calling him Brian. <laughs> right. I, um, whoever the brother is, he's cute. <laughs> he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's cute. Um, but then uh, later on, we see that the clandestines are basically annoyed with Kamala, like taking too long to help them get back to their dimension. They come and attack her. Kamala. Sister, I think you need to sign up for some after-school, after-school like martial arts classes or something because you can't be running around. Like I will this. say, like, I I enjoyed like how it kind of had the Bengal reacting for her and like being able to block those quick hits. And this still shows that obviously Kamala is not a fighter and she's not someone and like she's just kind of falling into these things by happenstance. And it's like it's truly winning by dumb luck. And again, I think that is like a strength of this show. Like you were truly watching this girl grow. I'm annoyed that she's not in her costume yet already. Can we like? I'm like so tired uh, of the, ready like, for the costume uh, where they don't oh. get it to the end. The it's reveal, just like, come on, like let's do it. Yeah, you know, come on. I am, I am ready for them to start to get the costumes already. Mm-hmm. Certain so, characters though, I, with someone like Kamala, she's fairly newer, so maybe they want to do the build up though. I think other characters who are much more like you know known, I guess you could say, don't need to do that. I was gonna say. I was about to say, I could give you the build-up if they didn't do it with every single person. But when it's done with every single person, it just kind of loses the... Yeah, yeah. They probably do need to switch up the formula about what, you know... They filmed a lot of this stuff as, like, movies, so it's like we're building up to the crescendo of the movie Mm -hmm. instead of, like, every episode being like that. So, Mm -hmm. we'll see. Her costume should be cool. I think it's gonna look great. You know, we've we've seen some of the um, stills of her in it in the posters and stuff of her already in the costume. So now it's just a matter of her actually putting, <laughs> putting it on. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they're gonna make it. I wonder how she's going to mm-hmm. make it. I wonder if it's from like an old Carol costume that she like finds finds or something. I feel like she's gonna make it. They love to let the characters make their costume. Maybe like she'll tell her parents and her mom makes it for her. Oh, that would be cute. Yeah, I would be really into that. Oh, that would be great. 
Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at her parents, like, kind of knowing. Yeah. Do they? Better. They don't know in the comics, do they? I forget. I don't think so. I know, I like, so. the friend. I know the friends do. Or at least Bruno does, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, well, Nakia found out this episode, so even if she don't know in the comics, she know now. <laughs> I don't think the parents found out. I don't know how well Kamala is doing with her secret identity, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Bruno and uh, Nakia end up escaping from the clandestine, clandestine attack. Kamala goes home, and um, her grandmother, Sana, calls her and is like, you need to come back to Karachi because I also had that vision you just had about this like train thing in the sky. So... They're all going to get back there and see what's going on. I think the next episode is going to be the, the one that really hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Four and five. You you always say it. Four and five are the ones that Four come out. Four and five are Get ready for a show, baby. Next Wednesday, yeah. be there. I feel like next week is going to be hot. So maybe she'll get the costume next week. That would be cute. Maybe her costume isn't like the fifth episode. That might be Carol. Uh, Although, I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting to think that Carol might not show up. I'm okay. There's a lot going. There's a lot. Of course you are. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) I think that, like, you probably don't really need to throw her up in it. So she's fine. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. How are you feeling about this series so far? I really like it. it. Are you into it? It it honestly is keeping my attention. And I say this as somebody who's not really always into the kids and what the kids are doing. But again, I think the family stuff really draws you in. I think it gives it a heart that a lot of the other Marvel Disney series didn't have. I think that yes. Amon Bahani is truly an amazing Kamala Khan. I'm interested in watching her little journey. I like the way that she's kind of dealing with herself and her self-doubt and everything. I like the stuff that's going on with the people and, you know, the aunties and like the stuff at the mosque. Oh my God, um, the aunties get- are so cute. They're, like, hilarious, and it's, like, so real. I think that, like, when Damage Control showed up at the mosque trying to, like, get with the people and how they shut them down and was, like, you know, next time you come here, take your shoes off, and, like, those little nods to their culture and the things that are respectful and how they should be done are really well-placed. Um, I, again, personally enjoy the power change and kind of everything that's coming along with it. I'm The clandestine going to have to die, though. Don't ruin my brother's wedding. Yeah, not that. Even Not though the Kamala, that, that was his day. You know what I'm saying? And somebody else's who was next door. Yeah. Oh, that was cute when the brides were like, at least you were really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, but I also like, like after Kamala pulled the fire alarm, her brother was like, hold on, I got to get the money. <laughs> <laughs> was like, that was it's funny. very real. I was like, yes, you can't be without that. So I, I mean, earlier I, in that episode, didn't he say he was like, I got $700 in my <laughs> bank account right now. <laughs> and dad was like, well, I didn't think you would have that much. And I was like, that's so real. I was like, yeah, but no. And, like, and again, it's like that family, like this is how people are. This is how they interact. They're there for each other. It's like, I enjoy this show a lot. I can't believe people. I've seen a lot of people saying that like it's clicking down for them or like this episode might have kind of taken them out of it. But again, I think the third episode, like you said, is the info dump. It's going to be a little blah for some folks, but I really do feel like four or five, if you haven't been feeling it like that, those will be the ones that bring you back. That's where the action is going to be, y'all. So check out four or five, especially next week when we talk about them. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So that brings us to the end of the episode. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. You can find us at Another Relaunch. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can send us emails at anotherrelaunchg at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. Let's get up out of here. And I am hungry, so I will catch y'all next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs>